Good evening, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Town End. Probably the best ever nil-nil you're going to see if you missed it. Uh, shame on you. Tonight, to dissect the game with us, we've got Donal, Steph and Gally. Three men who are at the game. Lads, how's it going? Even. Steph, Very I never good. go to you first, so I think I'll go to you first tonight. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel the match went? Yeah, look, I think it was... If, if someone just told you the result at the end of the game, you'd probably say, oh, nil-nil, might have been cagey and that, but I thought it was a, it was a great game. We were, we were really, really at it from the first whistle. We got in the faces, we closed them down, we nicked balls, created chances. Like We could have been one or two ahead in the first half alone, and they came into it. They were always going to come into it at some stage, but um, apparently some some... Wonder Kid came back from Cyprus and uh, he got whipped off about 20 minutes to go when they were chasing the game, you know. Um, that's a, that's a good, like, we kept him under wraps. I think he played one crossfield ball the whole time he was there. Um, I thought everyone was really up for the game and at it. I, like, some really, really very good performances in there. Um, keeper, two centre-halves. I thought Williams was very clever in the middle. Slog it. Saxophone slog it. Like, Long bush and run down at the end, and look, Coben, eh, like he hits that 99 times out of 100 and it smashes the net. Like, but do you know what? I look, I thought we probably shaded it to be fair. Um, Shepard pulls off two excellent saves, and I think we can wrap it up there. I think I analyzed that up with the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, yeah. Give I think it's the night off, man. Donald, I was talking to a few people after the match, you know, texting, texting different lads who were at it and they were saying about just how how well organised the team was tonight and you know it's it's night and day isn't it compared to some of the performances that we saw last year yeah well let me tell you something mean Dean that was what we call back home proper slobber knocker um, yeah what was what stood out at the very very beginning of the game was we were playing two up top which we don't normally do and uh, I think um, Steph you would call that, that a couple of weeks ago that we could get um, that Martin could play up front. So up front with Hooven, which is something that I don't think anybody was expecting. Um, so we were able to press their uh, three centre-backs, didn't give them any time in the first half. And then the second wave of pressing after that was brilliant. Um, I think the... <laughs> it's it's going to be hard to talk about the game and not think of, say, the Hooven chance at the end, because that's a guilt edge chance that we have to we have to take. Um and also I can't, I thought there was four world class saves that Shepard had two brilliant saves and the other keeper had a had two brilliant saves as well to keep it uh, at nil nil. So both teams would be coming off the field thinking how is it how have we not scored? How have we not gotten a goal in that game? Um but yeah it was just, the main takeaway that I have from it was it was an absolutely brilliant game and we matched them Every facet, like every part of the game, we were we were as good, if not better, than them. Um, tired, probably a little bit in the second half, and then once substitutions came in, then things changed a little bit. But um, yeah, it was just it was absolutely just a brilliant game. I thought, um, and it shows the um, it shows the versatility that we have in the squad with the players that we have that we can match up against different systems and try different things and everybody's comfortable playing those positions so yeah it's look, we're, i think we're saying this every single time we come on that there's like the positives are, are there like it was um an excellent performance and a lot to build on again going forward yeah yeah gally um you obviously you got up there late you were training the girls down in the band shock tonight down at the, the real home of football um <laughs> But, you know, how was the atmosphere again tonight? There was 3,500 people there. I feel like I, you get stuck with this question every every home match. But uh, another great atmosphere in Oriel, which definitely, I, I think that helps, doesn't it, with the performance on the pitch? Yeah, like I even debated going because I didn't think I'd get parked. That's been honest. I was driving home and I, I wasn't actually going to go. But, man, I'm glad I went. It, like, the atmosphere was it was great. I have to say it was... It, it wasn't the loudest I've ever heard, but it was more of a nail. I think the fans were even nervous. I think... It was just a, a a classic football game. Like that's what, like you said at the start, you're looking at it maybe on paper nil nil. You know, right? It's it's another nil nil. But it was a cracking match. Now I I don't know. I was I'm glad everybody said it was a good match because I thought it was maybe 
getting a wee bit too over excited at the game. Maybe even added, I thought maybe I'm reading it into, into it too much, but I thought it was, a re- it was almost like it was almost like a cup game. You know, it was that kind of. It's not that it's end to end, but nobody gave a minute, nobody gave an inch. Um, you know, and and like Steph mentioned, Jack Bourne. It's great when you when players like that are isolated. I know players like that can change games, but when when a team like the Dog from the season they've had last season can isolate a player like that, I mean, he never got a sniff. I mean, I, I like it, like Steph says, one good ball he had. I thought the lads were at stand, and I know like we get into mad at a match later, but it, it's probably the, the I don't know. I can't remember many games we've played where it could be four or five mad at a match. I, I don't I don't remember that case. We've had that in the last couple of seasons, but. I just thought I thought it was a great game. Like you know, Steph mentioned a couple of names there. The, the keeper save. I mean, I'm sitting high up in the stand, but it, it's one of the best saves I've seen in a long time in Oriel Park. Now I know I don't know if it's gone down the middle. I haven't seen the replay, but it's a cracking save. And then it's only you know the other fellow down the other end, Poles. I think his name is. He's pulled off a cracking save a couple of minutes later. It, it was just it had everything but a goal. And you know you don't want to dwell on Paul Parrott near the end, but. Like nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten, he, that goes into the back, and then like it's still going. I think only for the net, it's it's into the it's into the, the field, high speed. But yeah, it's I, I can't you can't be disappointed. Like I mean, yeah, if it's frustrating, you've come out and you've only you've only got the draw. I, I agree with Steph. I think we just shared it. I don't think that's been biased. Rovers had some decent chances as well. I thought Coffee on the on the right was a, a real pain. He seemed he seemed to have. I, I don't see he was outstanding, but. It, it seemed to be we weren't picking him up. You know, he was getting a bit of a legs on everybody. But yeah, look, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the game. Atmosphere, not the loudest I've ever heard, but definitely a good, a, a good advertising for League of Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a good time. Just when you mentioned man the match a couple of minutes ago, Gally. Um, if anybody wants to send in their their picks for man of the match, you can pick our guest tonight as well for man of the match. He seems to get his name drawn in every week uh, since he's <laughs> left. But uh, you know, if if you want to win a free pizza. You can t- t- text us in and let us know who your man of the match is. And Steph, I suppose you know every every week, kind of all the podcasts when you listen to them, they've kind of not been critical of the back four, or critical of how we've been playing defensively. But that's been kind of a sticking point, hasn't it? And I think tonight, against probably the toughest test we've had to date, they stood up and and answered answered a lot of critics, didn't they? Yeah, like you're playing against some of the most attacking players in the league. And the best players in the league, and like those, those like the two centre halves throwing their throwing their bodies on the line and blocking shots, making tackles. Um, I think Conley even got. I, I didn't I didn't actually see it, but I think he got an elbow at one stage and he was down. I think Gaffney was only on the pitch, and it was probably him taking out his frustration straight away. Like, but um, yeah, even even like that's why I said like you're building on. I know we sort of switched it up a wee bit for the Shells game, but we probably had this in mind. But you're building the consistency. The two centre-halves stay the same. The keeper stays the same. And he looks to be growing a little bit more confidence every every time you see him. Um, them two saves tonight will, will do him the world of good. And then um, just being at the match, Macari got given got given the man the match. But I think you could have given it to, to Conley or Shepard definitely as well. So, look, it's just... Building blocks, building blocks, and we're just gonna. I'm gonna say it again this week, but we're gonna keep getting better and better as we go along. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, look, uh, we're gonna keep our, our kind of discussion about the match short enough tonight because we we have a special guest coming on, and he's you know well loved among the dog fans, and there's probably no introduction that's gonna do him justice. But I know he follows wrestling, so I'm gonna do my best. So. Uh, this player came to Dundalk in 2012. He was a bit of a Rocky Maivia character among the Dundalk supporters at the time. They, they were indifferent about how they how they felt about him. He ended up joining, rejoining the club under Stephen Kenny's nation of domination uh, and won endless amount of trophies uh, and became the people's champ among Dundalk supporters. So it gives me great pleasure to say, finally, Chris Shields has come on the Town End podcast. Shieldsy, how are you, pal? Well, what's the story, boys? There's not many people who get an introduction like that, Chris. I know. What about poor Scott Hall? Damn, he must be I know, yeah. I can't distraught. talk about it, pal. No, I can't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you watch the match tonight? I did, yeah. I've, thankfully, with the LOI TV, it's, uh, I get to see more matches now. It's handy enough, but all barred. I've got rid of the season ticket, which is a disaster. But I, I catch most of the games, to be fair. Yeah, so you're still following on the dock, yeah? 
Oh yeah, of course. Now it's it's hard not to have to be there for so long. You know, as I kind of said when I left, it's lost a player but gained a fan, and that's kind of how I feel watching. It's it's hard watching. I find it difficult. I'm off the off the sofa and Pat's chance at the end, Ben's in hitting the post and stuff like that. So going through what you've gone through for years now. Yeah, so uh, I suppose then one of the first questions I'd have for you is, what would you be saying to Pat and the lads if you were going back in there after missing that chance? You can't say that to Pat, really. Nah. You can't say, <laughs> say that to Pat on a good day, to be fair. So, look, I, I give Pat the benefit of the doubt because it has taken a bobble on the pitch and it wasn't kind, but obviously Pat and himself will feel he, he would have wanted it, he should have scored. And sure, if he knows himself, there's no point in anyone else really saying it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I suppose, Shields, you've been following the team this season, kind of how it started. How do you feel like the, the club is going in, in the direction, obviously com- compared to going downwards last year uh, when you when you stepped away? Well, look, it's it's, it's almost like a, a back to his roots. You're the right man in charge now, the right men upstairs, and that's only going to breed confidence right throughout the town, right throughout the squad. It's a, It's almost carbon copy of ourselves in 2013 kind of just a band of players brought from here there and everywhere that have looked like they've gelled decent start to the season you know difficult games maybe five six games in they've already played their e-rovers away the bows away the shells is going to be difficult for other teams going and hand themselves well albeit i'm sure the lads are um upset to draw on friday i believe they're a better team but sometimes things go like that it's just Still undefeated, albeit a few draws, but it's, it's a very promising start. And, you know, Stevie's only going to get, the more he has the players, the better the squad and team are going to get, in my eyes, anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, it, as you say, it's a, as they gel, it's going to it's gonna improve as the season goes on. And um, I suppose look, I'll bring in, I think Steph had a couple of questions for you, so I'll bring Steph in there. And if any of the other lads want to ask any questions, you can batter away as well. All right, Cheesy, how's things, Matt? All right, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. I was standing beside your old mate, Grimesy, tonight. He did. He's laughing. He's laughing already. He told me to, he told me to ask you two questions. So he told me to ask you about the taxi in Poznan. <laughs> it was war sort of dope. He doesn't even know where he yeah. was. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And he said, and he said the other one was, uh, there was another night, a uh, team night at least in your house. Just another attack in the way down the road. We we all stayed in my mask because talking. I think it was me, him, Paddy Barra, and and Daryl. So 2015. I said, "Grimsy, always a lot of us." So thinking, "Oh, he'd be grand. Like he, he'll look after him." As so he got bluetooth in Dublin city centre, and we had to bring him back to Clondalkin. And sure, that's it's about 20 minutes out the road. Gone back to me ma's house and sat him up on the wall. And I was like, oh, I don't have my phone, I don't have my phone. So I had to sprint from me ma's house straight down the road and cut the taxi off as I was about to leave me a stay. Bang the door down and get his phone. Sprint back <laughs> up and he was near asleep on the wall. And I gave him it. Now I wouldn't mind. He was like, oh, thanks, thanks. Woke up next morning. He'd got sick chips in me ma's spare room and all. A disgrace. He was a father too at that stage, I think. <laughs> I know. He hasn't, he, hasn't, he hasn't got any better. He hasn't got any better. But, um, he can't drink. There was nothing to him back then. He was a skinny old pigeon back then. He thinks he's mad because he has a bit of meat in him now. <laughs> yeah, he's a good lad. Look, um, the likes of Grimesy, yourself, and a few others, like the the real team bond. You could you could see it even just as a fan. Like, so what was it like playing and playing the team, having such good characters about? Ah, uh, we all loved it. You know, it was it's like it was it's like back in your underage team your local team where you're playing with your mates so you would have seen us around town we turned in the evenings that day so everyone knew our routine it was like you had to go to the gym in the morning go for a coffee and train and everyone would kind of see us around town uh during the day and there'd be oh, close to 10 or 12 of us out around town during the day and it was just just a brilliant brilliant time you had like to so i was living with stevie at the time, living with Daryl Horgan, John Mountney, Paddy Barra. Higgins was there the year before. Uh, Benson came the year after. Like The house in Belfry was always a real kind of core of the squad, you'd nearly say, because anyone who stayed up in the town over the weekend always stayed in Belfry. It was like a real central hub for everyone like to come out to crack and stuff like that. So it was 
I really was brilliant and kind of that shown on the pitch. You know, when you're enjoying going into work, so to say, every day, it's it's going to be evident then. Yeah, class, yeah. And even, like, I know just from myself, I'm a couple of young kids and uh, just football mad fanatics and, you know, fair play to these, you always took the time out to have a wee chat or a, a picture or whatever it was. And, no, just an amazing time. Like, so, yeah, they just want to thank you for it. I know it was easy. So that's what I think that's what the, the new owners and Stevie and the squad have brought back to the town. It was kind of I know it was hard given lockdowns and COVID and no fans and everything. But the club kind of did get disconnected from the town, so to say, with all the, the problems going on behind the scenes. And it's a one town team. Like if the dog football team's going well, the whole town seems to be doing well and there was that kind of disconnect for a while and obviously Andy and the Statsport lads have brought that back. What it seems, Martin coming back has been huge as well. So it's obviously brilliant to see. Yeah, we just we just need you to come back now and complete the set. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. That's wrecked it enough already. Yeah, yeah. Look, I don't think you can come back after the send off. You got you be you be taking a mic if you try to go back in. I'd have to give send off. back. <laughs> yeah, but look, at least, like the fan, at least the fans got to show a bit of appreciation to you. Everything, everything you gave to the club and you know you're always the hundred percent man and um, we sort of talked about even your last game I think one of your last your last moments in the shot was making a last clearance off the line so or blocking a shot you know what I mean so that's the type of player you were you you played for the badge and it was amazing like it was yeah it was and I, I did I enjoyed every bit of it even the the very start in 2012 you could call it a learning curve but Moved me away from home, away from Dundalk and into Dundalk. And, you know, it helps you grow as a, you know, as a man and a player. So even though the first year didn't go too well, I still enjoyed it. And then from then on, is you know, it speaks for itself, what we did as a team and how much I loved it. So it was easy to do in a town like that. Storybook, yeah. Even, even look, you're getting the captain's armband as soon as you come in to, to lay Sean McCaffrey. Yeah, it's yeah, that's it. Just probably it's probably a distant memory at this this sort of stage in your career. Yeah, it was probably probably was the wrong thing to happen, really. But at twenty one, it was probably one of the older ones in the squad, funnily enough, and one of the more established players in the league. But probably just came too soon for me to kind of bear that weight on my shoulders. You know, captain in a club like Dundalk, it holds so heavy in the community, and probably wasn't ready for it, but. Being enthusiastic, young enough, felt I was, and you know, just kind of went the way it did. But luckily, yeah, we we had it. We stayed up in the end. So, but yeah, I suppose that sort of like that will sort of build your character. You you might not have thought it at the time, but you know, gaining those bits of experience, and then when when some of the senior more senior players come in under under Stephen, like, but you're able to hold your own, no problem, do you? Yeah, that was that was it. As soon as senior players come in, they take the brunt of everything else, and they allow you to be this twenty-two-year-old to just go and play football rather than. You no, know, I think people kind of forget how young I was at the very start of when I, when I was at the club. Like you look at how protected, say, eighteen to twenty-three-year-olds are now, whereas yeah. the first year with Sean, we were just you know baptism of fire stuff and sink or swim, and I think we just just stayed afloat. Yeah, it just did a flow. Yeah, another another one of your mates is up there as well, Darren Meenan, and it it sort of shows like you know anybody that comes into the comes into the club sort of stays on as a fan. Like you're watching it from afar, but you're watching a lot of games, and then look, he's gone up, Grimesy. You know, a lot of players that you sort of get a feel for the club. It's hard to get away from them. Ah, yeah, it is. It's it, you 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 hold the club in high regard. As, like when things go right via there and you know you're always treated well at Dundalk so like if I did, if I live closer I'd go to more games I do try and get down for one or two but circumstances you know family life and stuff just doesn't allow for it all the time and have my own games some Friday nights as well doesn't allow for it but my wife is busting to get back down as well you know it became a real central thing for our family me own mother and father included my mom still likes to get up to the game so it's It'll still be in my family for a long time, I'd imagine. Like, yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. That and 
look, you'll have to let us know when you're coming up and we'll we'll make sure to roll out the red carpet for you coming in. No, that's what I prefer to get in and get out with a, with a cap yeah. on or something. That's what, I was at the Finn Harps replay and nobody knew I was there and that'd be the way I prefer it. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Um, I'm sure the lads, I'm, I'm hogging up all the questions. <laughs> so I'm sure the lads will want to jump in and say something to you as well. Yeah, I just wanted to ask about, so you were obviously around in the beginning of, say, Stephen, Ken- Stephen Kenny's team and how that culture grew. Obviously, over the last couple of years, for whatever reason, it's kind of come apart and players have left and managers changed and all that kind of stuff. How hard is it to rebuild or how hard is it to build a culture that's going to go on to win league titles? Like when you were there, did you know you had like a really special group of players there that were going to go on and do something? Or is it just something that you all feed off each other as you get results and as performances get better? I think the the first year... Uh, so sorry, so the first year Kenny said two thousand thirteen, we were all just kind of playing week in week out, and I was like, "See how we get on. We know we have a decent enough squad. We won't go down." Situation, but as that year went on and we kept gaining momentum, momentum, and we ended up challenging for the title out absolutely nowhere. We kind of weren't too harsh on ourselves when we didn't win it, but then in two thousand fourteen, when we came into preseason, we were like, "Yeah, we can win this title. That's the aim for the season." And that was just filtered through within the squad. And obviously stems from Stephen right the way down. But I think that's why Stevie's the right man in charge now. He was a huge focal point in us, like getting that state of mind, getting that kind of culture within the club. Stevie was a massive driving force behind that as captain. So for him as the manager's role now, he's been there and done it as a captain, as a player. And I'm sure he'd be hoping he can... You can achieve it as a not maybe within time, obviously, but he's he's in the perfect position to go and, and set that kind of standard within the club again. Yeah, and again, it's so what we were looking at when when the lads were putting the squad together, like over the uh, over the winter, it was looking at a few really solid professionals, and then there was a we have a couple of like young lads in as well. Like how how important is it to have those? proper like hard-working professionals that Stevie can just send out and know that they're going to work as hard as they can, that they're going to raise the bar. Like obviously later, like the later years in Dundalk, you were probably one of those players that was like tasked with setting the bar extremely high. Like how important is it that those lads take on that responsibility for the younger lads that are coming in? It's huge, yeah. It's just, it, it stems right down through the core of the team. You look at it, Obviously a young keeper, but he looks quite assured, brilliant tonight, good with both feet. But then you look through right the way through the, the say the central of the team. You have Andy and Mark Connolly, two very experienced centre halves, are gonna put their body on the line when needs be, gonna be huge right throughout the year. If they can stay injury free, all the more better. Obviously they have Brian Gartland there as backup. Great to see him back last Friday after coming back from the injury. A massive wealth of experience as well. Huge. Just push on into midfield. Benson, he's been there and done it all with the club, so he knows what it takes. Greg Slogger kind of coming more into himself now. He's becoming an experienced midfielder. And then you have Wardy there, who's been around the league years, and you can't underestimate how important that is and how good he is within a changing room. Then you go up through the middle again. You have Davy and Pat. The goals record and the amount of games they played speaks for themselves. So you always start with a good spine of the team and then you look at your flair players on the outside, the the lads you've brought in alone that you can take a chance on if there's one or two of them. And you look how, how well Stephen Bradley started for the club. I don't think anybody envisaged how well that was going to go. And something sometimes when the car right through the middle as well works well for you, it takes that load off your kind of flair players. You look for the magic, a bit of magic from, even if they are alone is. Yeah, uh, I've just got one more question. Uh, is the ladder match at WrestleMania 10 Scott Hall's best ever match? Is that the Intercontinental title with Shawn Michaels? Yeah. Yeah, that's the greatest ladder match of all time, lads. Don't forget right. it. That's the quote that's the <laughs> from the pod. You only need to talk about anything to do with the football. That's a stud. I really have to start watching more wrestling, lads. <laughs> I, this is this is from years ago. Stop now. Like, well, oh, Shawn Michaels. That's the last time I would have watched as well, Shawn Michaels. 
Jesus, <laughs> just for myself, I, I've played, there's plenty of questions, but I, I know it might be an obvious question. You've probably been asked a million times, but would you have a standout moment? I know it's a really obvious question to ask a player, but like in your even even you throughout your league of Ireland career, not just on door, but would there be a standout moment to think that you said to yourself, "Yeah, look, that was a you know an almost perfect performance." Like from yourself, I mean, obviously plenty of good performance under Stephen Kenny as a team, but would there be a standout moment for yourself, whether it be a trophy or a game or a fight? Don't <laughs> say the brave penalty against Monaghan. <laughs> no, Don't no, say no, the brave penalty really against Monaghan. That's 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 beyond history. That is. Um, <laughs> Do you mean kind of individually or? Yeah, yeah when... just something like, I mean, it's probably hard to narrow down, but if you if you could go back and replay maybe a game, you know, for, for good, not not because it was a bad game, but for, if you, if you to be involved in a match again, what would, would there be one that stuck out in your memory? Uh, that's how lucky I am. I'm yeah. like so, so spoiled for choice. And that's something I never thought it would be. It would, it would be hard to look past Bate and Tala, just everything involved, you know, because yeah. we were so bad the week before, but somehow got out of there 1-0. The rain added to it. Just like, where did I come across? I think it was, it might have been EK Fuels put up a video there not too long ago on Twitter, and I hadn't seen it. And it was the fans stand, the far side where the camera wasn't, was somebody's, and it was Benson's goal and John Murphy's commentary on it. And it's, brilliant yeah so when you rewatch stuff like that it's hard not to you know get the the lump in the throat or the goosebumps because that was such a like a historic night and a like where everything went perfect couldn't have read it better and then if you were to say maybe a personal performance it would probably look be one of the, maybe cork and turner's cross or in 2018 or maybe one of the european games because so, I always love playing in Europe yeah it's hard it's probably hard to narrow down even even for yourself because you were you were, I think. You were like the, you know the inc- there was no inconsistency it was all, you were always at 9 out of 10 most weeks and like like we're not even joking when Pingu said there's people who commented in man of the match every so often you haven't been here in, in 6 months and you still get a mention as man, as man of the match for the pizza uh, just um, I, just go to the Irish league just I won't I won't I asked too many questions, but this will be the last one. The switch from so there's obviously the difference in the the winter football and the summer football from from the Irish league to the league of Ireland. Do you find us not a better league as such, but do you find the switch was it difficult to get into? You know, because you're playing mostly Saturdays. I know you do, do midweek games as well, but does that switch? Is it better to get into that rhythm of a three o'clock, whatever it is, two o'clock kickoff on a Saturday for your training? You know, you're training obviously full time during the week. Do you find it a, a better setup? As not, I don't mean to say like the league, the league of Ireland is is bad, but do you find it an easier way to, to kind of work as a professional footballer? Um, I think no, I wouldn't say it's better or so. It's it's easier to get into a routine. It's easier to know your schedule all the time because the lack of activities up here on on a Sunday. Say yeah. I know that me Sundays and me day with the family and stuff like that, where it's easy to kind of. Like we can plan this, this, and this, but as a as a whole, no. I thought I would have struggled because I used to hate playing early when whenever we played with Dundalk. I don't know what it was, but it's just it's just something you get, you get used to it now, and it's a kind of just it's an autopilot mode now. And it was, but it was different, obviously coming up and playing a different league and stuff like that, and getting used to Saturdays. But I've enjoyed it. Of kind of eye opening up here. How, things are ran up here which is mm. I've done BBC Radio Ulster the weekend and we were chatting about it and just the difference in coverage that the, the, the league gets up here I wish the League Ireland had as much kind of backing or how you say it from RTE as they do from the, uh, BBC in Northern Ireland like there's a game on if not every second week even though it's only on the red button there's still a commentary you know, and there's a good coverage of it like even if you could get something like that in from RT, like they had a women's FA Cup game on the news channel, news channel, uh, two weeks ago, was it? Yeah. Why couldn't a red button game be an option just from a stream? Why couldn't that be an option on a Friday night every second week, even? Sky are picking up games up here. Have you seen the, the League Cup final up here? It was 11,000 people were at it because it was reduced price and Sky were over to cover it and they pushed it. 
which is it's brilliant. I, I'm loving seeing that up here, but obviously the League Ireland fan of me and the League Ireland man that I was for so many years is screaming, saying, how can people in RT not just look up to the north and do copy and paste and do something like that? Yeah, it's... And I, I, I always, like, even thinking back to, on, like you say, BBC, when it used to be on a Saturday, you would get the highlights, even on a Saturday, uh, you know, which... Like Republic, like the, the the league down here, like I don't even remember the name of the program. They used Peter College to trend. It was it was it was shocking. Some of it was just absolute dial. Uh, but yeah, you're right. The, the coverage, the coverage in the north is, is excellent. Do you find the league just a just a quick one? Do you find the league up the north? When I used to watch it, when you it looked a more physical league, and that's not to say it's not skillful, but is it a more physical league? And not that that would be any bother to yourself, but. Do you find it a more kind of a, a bullish league, maybe from the from from your opposition? Yeah, it can be at times, but it's gone the way League of Ireland has gone. The standard has definitely stepped up here. Um, more teams trying to play, more teams going full time and stuff like that. I kind of think the days of the perception of the Irish League being knocking it up to the big man and playing off it. Now there is obviously teams that still do that and it works for them. But one thing I've found is it's quite um, slightly more, not slightly more, but it's quite competitive because there's a split and yeah. the top six teams are tight enough games because there's every second week there's a Belfast derby, there's four Belfast teams and then Larne and Coleraine will probably be the split this year. And if you look at the head-to-heads right throughout the year, everyone's picked points and off everyone and everyone's won the game here and there so that in that sense it's hard to call when it turns to a split but now the standard is is r- rising up here as a, a like as there was a massive gulf between league of ireland and the irish league for for years and i think people up here would admit that as well but it's, it's kind of starting to level out maybe yeah it, it always had that kind of i, I don't want to use the word physical that's probably talking old school but it, it always had that mean, perception though. of it yeah no, not to talk it down when it is a crack no, no, no. top footballers in it. Um, but obviously League of Ireland, you know, that's what we're used to doing. But uh, no, it always struck as a, as a kind of a physical league. So I just wanted to kind of get that kind of perception on it. Um, do you, I'm going to ask another one. I said I was going to ask two, but I'm going to ask another one. Um, just, just on the new the new luck team, I know you mentioned at the start and I know you know some of the players. And Do you, do you find that it's, uh, the, of the games you've watched, do you find there's a settled team there? Do you find that maybe Stevie knows a settled team or just hasn't got with injuries, just hasn't been able to kind of lay it down? I know Darley's Darley's been out for a while, but do you find there's the there's a, an eleven there that can really do some damage in the league this season? Yeah, I think there is. I think they've showed that against Derry and Rovers now, and like Stevie has, he's been unlucky. John still obviously coming back from injury as well. Dara. I don't know if he would have been, but for me, he would have been first choice left back because he finished mm. uh, last year so strong. So I'm sure that would have been a bit of a hiccup, Dara missing just, I think it was the week before the season started. But I'd say in Stevie's head, he knows his best 11. It's just a case of hopefully keeping everybody fit now because maybe the squad isn't as big. Like you look at Rover's squad there tonight, the the options they have off the bench, the dog aren't kind of at that strength yet, but they have a, you know, first first 11, 14, 15 maybe, but you, you would want to be incredibly lucky to keep everybody fit at the same time and hopefully they can really. Yeah, yeah, I think that just the benefit of the way it's going this year with Bonesy on the sideline as well, someone well known to the dog fans and yeah, you know, I think we're all looking forward to that kind of kick on now for the rest of the season. So, yeah, no, that's, uh, that, that's that. Go on, Steph, you want to say something there, sorry? No, I was just going to say, look, we had a couple of comments coming in and then just go, jumping back to the Irish League, uh, someone's, someone's asked, you know, is there one or two players you could you could pick out, standout players? I know McGonagall's made the switch from, from Crusaders to Derry and look, he started like a house on fire. He's, he's got two tonight again. And is there any players up there that really caught your eye? Or... Yeah, there's plenty, like. I think that goes to, to Gally's point. Like I think, look at McGonagall. I think playing in the Irish League like toughened them up, and then like he'll score. I think McGonagall will score any sort of goal. I don't think much will phase him because he played up here. Probably got a, a few kicks when he was younger, and it's gotten ready. And he's really hit the ground running since he signed for Derry. 
But yeah, I've seen plenty of players, plenty of Linfield that would have said could have easily played League Ireland. You know, Jimmy Collier, the centre half, week in, week out, brilliant. Uh, we Jordan Stewart, another good, great little player. This, you look at, sure, you look at Glentoran squad. It's just that's where Sean Murray's gone. There's plenty of there, you know, Jay Donnelly, things like that. Lauren have players, like everyone does have. Two or three that would easily play League Ireland, if not more. Yeah, it's a, it's a really close title race up there. Every, every week, uh, one of the top, one of the three teams seems to leapfrog the other, and you know it's it's ultra competitive, like you said. It's gonna be yeah, running no, right to the end, right to the final. Yeah. I'd say I'll go to the last day, and hopefully we win it. But it's uh, I'd say it's intriguing for the neutral, all right. But it's, it's hectic <laughs> for when you're involved now. In yeah, yeah, some of the some of the squads up there they've they've really improved the standards and just looking at it from afar, um, it's really really improving and exciting league to play in. I'd say. Yeah, it is that part, and kind of the, the difference for me this year playing Christmas, you know, playing on Stephen's Day and the, the derbies, which is which is another good idea. I think could could be brought into League Ireland a, a derby day, whether it be on like St Patrick's weekend or something. You know, I think it's a. Another good thing is you always see an increase in attendance on the you know the Stevens Day derbies up here, which you know if you base it around the bank holiday, I'm sure it would in uh, League Ireland as well. So it's, an, it's another thing you know you could each league could learn off each other because they're enjoyable to play in as well. I think you've definitely spoken your way into marketing role somewhere uh, after, after your career finishes. The way you've been speaking, plenty of ideas for the editing. town end. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a spot here for you any day, pal. On the ball team. <laughs> yeah, a, a full ball podcast somewhere. Not to get the boys off. <laughs> yeah. What was the um what was the impression that you got when you when uh you made the move? Like what what did you think the rest of the squad thought of the League of Ireland? And were they surprised uh after the first couple of training sessions that you were miles better than the rest of them? Expecting <laughs> that before you got there. Hope none of them watching. Well, I I don't know any of them. I'm fine. <laughs> no, they had a they had a some obviously didn't like some didn't watch the League of Ireland, whereas like a lot of the lads in the dark change room wouldn't have the iota of what's going on in the league up here. But there was always a, a big group of us: myself, Fats, Mickey Duffy, Dummigan and stuff like that, who always would have watched Irish League. So I would have went to games on a Saturday or something if I was doing them because I live up here and that. So there was, there's, a, there's enough lads in in my change room anyway that either know somebody they've played with, sort of keep an eye on it as well. But they seem to have this kind of idea that everything ran so smoothly in the South and everything was great. great but in, like, they don't know what goes on behind the scenes in other clubs and all and. and some of the clubs up here are incredibly well run, which can't be said for some clubs in, in League Ireland, which is annoying. But I think people have different perceptions. But some lads just didn't. What they thought I came from the Congo, they wouldn't have known where I came from. <laughs> I'm sure you had some stories you could have told them about some of the uh, mishaps. And um, well, I guess you can prove to them that we weren't, we don't run things properly in uh, in our league. Or no, no, no! I've got to, the kind of saying, "How come you're here?" And I just say, "Sit down, lads." There was a, a tale of a, a phenomenal team, and then <laughs> something happened. <laughs> no comment. Gilesy, look, uh, we appreciate your time. We've got a couple more questions um, just before you go from people that were commenting in. So, uh, Mister P Casey wants to know: Have you finally got your laser eye surgery? Paddy, that you know, he doesn't even what he's. But how he's typed that, he must have Braille on that way, Mac is, doesn't he? <laughs> it doesn't get out of, questions don't get any better. So Darren and Darren Mean didn't even read the assignment, he just wrote in you still owe a bill and split. He tell him tell him it's Luxembourg, it's not split. It was a good lad in split. <laughs> was a, we were straight out after we were flew straight out after the game and split. And then the last one comes from Frank Carroll and he wants to know when's the testimonial. <laughs> Don't know. I'll come down and ref a game or something one of the days that can count. 
Well, Shanesy, look, as I say, we appreciate your time. Thanks a million for coming on. We wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season with Linfield and, and hopefully uh, hopefully you'll be lifting the trophy at the end of the season. And we look hopefully forward so, to seeing that's... you back down in Dundalk. Hopefully I might be home for it as well. Yes, hopefully so. Yeah. All right, Paul. Thanks a million. Brilliant. Fair play to Chris for coming on, lads. Yeah, school Excellent. night and everything. School yeah. yeah. Um, no, that was great. We got loads of comments in during that about the match as well. So um, I think, look, we'll, we'll not delay the episode too much. We'll go on to our man of the match. Before actually we do, sorry. Uh, Olivia McGee just said we want to wish Carol a happy 30th birthday on Monday and there's a big shindig in the clans on Saturday night so everyone that's watching tonight and including, including Chris that's just come off everybody's invited apparently so uh, some crack if everybody lands down to the yeah. clans um, everybody's invited down to that there so yeah I suppose look we'll, we'll go with our, uh, our man at the match for tonight and um, Steph we'll leave you to last we'll go with Gally first oh nice one nice one uh, there was a few that could have got it. Um, shouts for a lot of like Conley as well. I think doesn't get probably. I think a great game, but I, I have. I, I don't have to, but I'm, I'm going to go with the keeper. Um, I just thought he was excellent, and I, I think people are forgetting the save earlier on in the game as well with his feet. Um, I know the other save has been is excellent, but yeah, for me, Shepard distribution didn't really look to get in phase in tonight. I had given. I think he gave McAdam an absolute. Bollocking. What time are we? Can I say that? Yeah. Um, for I don't know even know what it was for. I just think he was just sh- he's at that stage now where he can we or he's willing to go out and hammer defenders or midfield for not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, yeah, no, Nathan Shepard for me. Then that's not to say there's other players, but I'm gonna go with him, yeah. Nathan Shepard's going to also sponsor Castletown Bells away jersey for the season now, just for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Steph, I'll go to you next. You can give your your shout. So you're going to be last, but look, yeah, I'll jump ahead of Donald and yourself. Um, yeah, look, similar to what there was, there was actually a good lot of people you could have give man the match of tonight, and people mightn't have been able to complain about it. I didn't even think Bakari was was in my top four, maybe of getting man the match, and then the he got the sponsors man the match at the ground, so he was excellent in the first half, sn- snuffed out. Um, Andy Lyons raided down the, the left-hand side a lot in the first half and he he marshaled him really, really well. So, um, Sloggett, very good in the middle. I think he's grown into the game and look, he could have been, he could have been, uh, he could have set up the winner as well. He was just, just hoping was unlucky and taught the two boys at the back, really, you know, put the bodies on the line, but I'm going to go with Shepard as well. I thought two, three excellent saves, one in particular. Uh, someone someone said to me it was like David Seaman like where he plucked it from behind him and pulled it out of the net nearly but um, yeah even his distribution he was calm on the ball and um, some McAdams fella is apparently assigned with us uh, he was giving out to him uh, I think it was Joe Adams though um, he was giving him a bye yeah look and that just shows him growing into, growing into the team a little bit I think Conley you know, once or twice he was ready to shout at him to come out, and he was already there. He was already on it. So, you know, I'll bring him on a ton after tonight, and I think deservedly he gets my my man the match anyway. Donald. Yeah, um, I just see that uh, the manager said about how it was a he felt like a lot of the young players came of age tonight, um, and I think that does actually stand to like someone like Shepherd and Goals, um, like this is. Or like, there's so many performances to build on. Um, I would have. I mean, <laughs> Hooven was going to get mad at a match if you put the, if you finished it because I thought Hooven was excellent again. Um, yeah. just working selflessly all day and fighting with, uh, their centre backs. You know, he was excellent again. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go with the goalkeeper because, for a lot of for a lot of reasons, like. He looked very assured um, tonight, and his distribution was good. It always seems to be good. And like Gaddy said, it's not just the spectacular save. Like he made a great save from, uh, I think with Burke that was clean through, and he saved it with his feet. And he made a take save from um, some other Salford reject in the first half. And uh, he's kept us in the game. Like if we had won the game, it would have been down to his his performance so I'll go with the uh, 
I go with goalkeeper, I go with Shepard. GK. Yeah. Doesn't matter who you pick, Finger. I know, yeah. I think it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a clean sweep from tonight, but I, I kinda echo what everyone's saying, you know. I think it's hard. Well, it's not hard. I think he's he's the obvious choice, but I think there's a lot of people that were contenders as well, isn't there? As, yeah. as you said, Donald, I think I think Hoban again or Hoban, sorry, is is he's a different beast this season, isn't he? His work rate this season has just been phenomenal and he's playing in a deeper role where he has to maybe do a little bit more of a press, you know, and he just he, he seems a lot more motivated this season, which is great to see. Um, I thought Williams, um, as long for as long as he was on the pitch, I thought he was class. Um, I feel like a lot of our attacking play when he was on, I think he was he was instrumental in a lot of the good play we had. Um, I think Mark Mark Connolly is very very close second for man of the match. I just thought he yeah. was he put himself he put himself in front of everything, including Rory Gaffney's uh, elbow at one stage. And um, <laughs> he didn't he just, didn't give Mandrew a sniff either. Mandrew got no. No, I just thought he was class tonight, and um, but yeah, I think overall, I think look, Shepard, Shepard took a bit of criticism for the for the concession of the penalty on Friday night, and I think he he bounced back well tonight, you know, and as you say, not just the saves, but his distribution's very good. Um, he looks so calm on the ball, doesn't he? You know, and Shamrock Rovers players are sprinting down on him, and he's just like just flicking it away, or just yeah. it, it looks like it's there's no pressure on him, kind of. Um, so for me, it's it's Nathan Shepard as well. So I think he's the official town end man of the match. And Donald, you're going to do the honours tonight and pick a pick a winner. Yeah, um, I can see it appearing twice on top of each other. So I'm going to go with Mark Carlin. Mark Carlin, congratulations, yeah. Mark! You're the winner of uh, tonight's pizza. Um, is somebody about to take off there? Or something in the background. Yeah. There's a washing machine going, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Turn the washing machine on. <laughs> <laughs> that was the day I used to Um But yeah, look, it's it's a good time, isn't it? I I suppose looking looking what six games into the season now, we've only conceded five goals. Um, that has to be a good return again, as we've been saying, and as other podcasts have been saying. Defensively, we looked in those first couple of games a little bit kind of um, suspect at the back. So to only concede five goals has to definitely be a positive moving into what you would look on in terms of form going into the draw of the game this Friday night is going to be uh, an opportunity for us hopefully to keep another clean sheet and, and score a couple of goals, isn't it? Gally? That's what you, that's what you hope, yeah. It's, um, like, look, the dog draws, I don't know what, this, I can't remember the scores last year. Draw were probably a stronger team last year. We've been too disrespectful to them this season, but I mean, you'd expect to go to, to head in the game park and, you know, not just compete, but I mean, like, I, I just seen a comment there from Frank Carlin. <clears throat> like, if we play it like we did tonight, yeah, he's right. <clears throat> I don't know about 4 0, but definitely we should be looking for all three points um, and a comfortable three points. But look, it's like any, it's a derby game. You know, both sides will, will, will raise their game for the same with both sides to play Rovers as well on the road. Um, but I mean, you would, you would ex- not expect, but you would hope that we go there and win, especially the last two results as well. And, um, yeah, it'd be a nice way to kind of, you know, we've had a good patch of games, probably what we played four or five games in two weeks. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I, I would expect, I don't want to, I was wrong at tonight's prediction, but I would expect us to go and win on, on Friday night. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think any of us were right on that. Um, but yeah, look, moving on to uh, to Friday night's game at Heading the Game Park. Um, Steph, I got that in before you, Paul, tonight. Uh, but we go up against. <laughs> Up against uh, Shelbyville, so I suppose we, we'll move on to score predictions. Don't I'll go first with you this time, pal. Yeah, uh, just when we were saying about the predictions last week, um, I did get one part of my prediction right. Now it wasn't in the context that he assumed it was going to be in, but at the final whistle, Pat Hubin did punt the ball out of the ground and out past the YDC. I thought it would be in celebration and it would go out to Carrick Road, but it was in frustration that it went the other direction. So I'm going to claim. We don't have a table. Why do we, we should have a table like to like to score these up so that we're not just throwing these out for no reason? Because we put that we keep throwing them out for no reason. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I, if they if they play like they played tonight, they'll they will win. Um, the worry is the the three games in quick succession, and it was a tough pitch to play on and a tough fight against shells. A massive amount of effort tonight, and now to go uh, play in the derby where they're going to be desperate for points. 
Um, like I, I think we'll win. I think I'd say two nil to keep their um, clean sheet. But uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be a lot harder than we expect it to be. So, but I'll still say two nil. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't want to be last on this, so I'm just going to go with the same prediction every week in the hopes that one week I'm going to get right and I'm going to say two one again. So, um, that's that's my prediction. Steph, we'll leave you to last for this. So, Gally, what's your prediction? Wait for the spin cycle to finish before. Yeah. Exam. <laughs> I would be as optimistic as Frank, but I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go three one. I think on the pitch draw, I used to that little. It looks. It's that pitch still looks so small. Whatever it was, the camera angle. I know Steph, you you probably know better than most, but. It looks just so small. I, I just think Ro- I, at home against us, I think they will get a goal. Um, but I think I think three one for us, yeah. Steph, I'm gonna go. Yeah, heading the game park. It is tight. The wall it just seems very close. Mm. Even even when you're taking a throw in, you can nearly feel the fans breathing on your neck. You don't want them dirt bags breathing on you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um look i think i look i think if we can put in a performance like we did tonight we could we could easily blow them away hopefully we can use the malone cup as a bit of a motivation as well not that we not that we needed in a derby game or anything like that but you know the fact that they've got one up on us already and you know really set down a marker because we've a couple of couple of games coming up that we can really take advantage of if we can get get three points on the board against Roda and I think I think I'm gonna go with a three 0 win optimistically. Fair play, Steph. Um but yeah look we'll be back Friday we'll we'll wrap up early tonight uh, let everyone get to bed and get up for school in the morning. So um thanks very much to Chris Shields for coming on. Thanks lads for coming on. Uh Steph we'll let you wrap it up in just one second let me get the finish ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steph, off you go, pal. It was so close to being a hoping show, but look, we'll take a draw and move on to the drugs Friday night. Where is it? Heading again, pal. See you there.